Hi, this is Bron Burton and this is the podcast of Triple R's Radio Marinara, a weekly radio show exploring all things wet and salty, broadcast live on Triple R from Melbourne, Australia every Sunday. Hope you enjoy the podcast and feel free to get in touch with us via Radio Marinara's Facebook page. Good morning. It's one minute past nine. You're tuned to 102.73 Triple R. Time for this week's very special International Women's Day edition of Radio Marinara. My name's Bron Burton. And I'm Fum. Hi. Hi, Fum. <laughs> and. Hello, I'm Nerida. Yes, Nerida. <laughs> we have you on the mic. Officially. Yes. Officially We've, in the morning. I know. We've borrowed yes. you from Livewire. Yes. Livewire has the week off, weekend off anyway for. GP twenty, a lot of uh, a lot of festivals on this weekend. Yes, yeah, excellent. And Farm, this is your first official. We've had you on the program presenting your wonderful segment, Plastic Literacy, over the last year. Yeah, <laughs> but you are now formally part of the Radio Marinara team. And I what am. Day to do it? Yeah, what a great start! Yeah. <laughs> International Women's Day. So wonderful. Very happy to be here. Excellent. And it's wonderful to have you here for the full hour. We'll go through our program lineup in just a minute. But first of all, a massive thanks to the wonderful Tracy Hutchison and Namilla Benson. Um, Tracy for the full three hours of Vital Bits and, and Namilla for the last hour. We nicked her from the posh station for the hour. <laughs> <laughs> Henceforth, it shall always oh, be known as. Oh, they stole all of ours. <laughs> yes, it's only right and just, isn't it? Hey, uh, and thank you so much, Trace. What a what a powerful hour of music and acknowledgement and respect. Nostalgia. Yeah, and a bit of nostalgia <laughs> chucked in. Fabulous. Today's program, we're continuing in that vein as uh, all the programs um, throughout today on International Women's Day. We'll go through the lineup of um, what you can expect as you stay tuned to Triple R throughout this wonderful day because the program lineup is phenomenal. We are shortly going to be joined by.
by a very special guest, Fum. Actually, this is great. It's your first show. You're bringing our first guest. <laughs> Emma Webb. Tell us about Emma Webb. Yeah, well, Emma Webb is um, not just a surf coach, but she's also the organiser of Wild Women on Water, which is an all-female longboarding competition that is in was held yesterday for the 10th time. It's 10th anniversary. Great. Um, Emma is also a five times Australian champion longboarding and many, many other titles she's won. So we're going to have a chat with her soon. So excited. And you surfed with her? Yeah, I did. Um, she organises uh, or female surf clinics for, for women who just want to get in the water and have fun. Yeah. And it was absolutely amazing. The waves were the crappest I've ever <laughs> surfed in my life, but I've never had so much fun. That's so great. it was great. Awesome. We are then going to be crossing to Marimbula in New South Wales on the Sapphire Coast to speak with Jackie Younger. Um, we've spoken with Jackie a lot over the last couple of years um, about all sorts of things, mostly down on the Mornington Peninsula, but she is leading, um, along with AJ, up on the Sapphire Coast a dive trip to support local towns, coastal towns impacted by the summer fires. So they're actually doing some diving along the Sapphire Coast. They've also packed their car full of apples that they're taking up for yes. some of the wildlife. Did you see yeah, that? Yeah, I saw the photos. It's so cute. It's absolutely fantastic. So looking forward to that. Then uh, Dr. Alison O'Brien is going to be joining us in studio. She was in last year just before she went off to the 2019 Homeward Bound expedition to Antarctica along with um, our very own Dr. Jen. And as we promised at the end of that interview, she's now back. We're going to catch up with Alison about the trip that she took and what came out of it and but also a bit of personal um, a, a getting an understanding about her life as a, a marine scientist and academic and what it's been like for her. Fantastic. Uh, and then to close the show, um, Dr. Jackie Pocklington, who is currently the Parks, um, the Science, I'll get this right, Parks Victoria Marine Parks Science Manager. So she's in charge of all of the science research going on in Victorian marine national parks and sanctuaries. And she's going to be joining us from the Bellarine Peninsula. We'll have her on the phone um, to talk about what life was like for her going through um, as a phycologist, so someone who studies algae and went overseas, did a postdoc, came back and now she's working in government in, in quite an important senior role. So that's Amazing. Show. <laughs> Let's get into it. We should. Let's start with some weather because we always do this to give you an idea of what's coming up for Sunday. In the Melbourne metro region, um, we're heading for a top of 23, mostly sunny. Winds southeasterly 25 to 35 kilometres an hour. Tomorrow, mostly sunny and 22. Sunny 23, so here's a theme running. Oh, up to 29 on Wednesday. So it'll uh, warm up a little bit Oh, for those next three days. So Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, um, dry and up around 30 and then possibly some rain coming back next week. The tide times uh, at the heads, if you're planning on doing some diving, 10.17 will be a high tide at the heads and then heading for a low tide at 4.10 this afternoon. Uh, before we play some music and our music's all kind of been... Uh, oh, we're going to say goodbye. Bye, Trace. <laughs> <laughs> Make as much noise as you want. Come on. This is, this is a day for noise. <laughs> It's my fault for leaving the door open. <laughs> doesn't it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It's a party here today. Yeah, it is a party here today. Um, um, where was I? <laughs> Before we go to some music. Thank you, Nerida. <laughs> we, we're going to sort of highlight a couple of key really phenomenal women doing great things for the marine environment. And over to you, Farm. Yeah, so um, I chose somebody from my networks here in Victoria who is actually at the start of her career in marine conservation. And I just wanted to give a big shout out to Shannon Hurley. Um, she currently works for the uh, Victorian National Parks Association as a nature conservation campaigner. And she specializes in marine and coastal management and advocacy. 
but I've known Shannon for a number of years now when she was still a marine ranger with Parks Victoria and I just remember her being so and she still is so incredibly passionate like if she wasn't working at the prom or you know for Parks Victoria she was always volunteering um, for the Australian Marine Conservation Society you know uh, her and her other volunteers would just travel all around Victoria to have stalls at all the festivals and um, yeah that's that's kind of that capacity is how I got to know her and and then on she went in a more professional capacity. Uh, she was the Great Barrier Reef campaigner for uh, the Ori uh, Australian Marine Conservation Society for a few years as well. She lived in Queensland where she mobilized community and really did all of that advocacy uh, to protect the Great Barrier Reef and, and lead those campaigns. Uh, and now she's back again in uh, Victoria for a while now as, the, uh, as I said, the nature conservation campaigner for the VMPA. And um, yeah, she's just a really inspiring person to me. She's also under water photographer and uh yeah takes amazing photos and she is just a woman of the water awesome. and um yeah so i wanted to uh, give you a shout out chance keep doing what you're doing you're Excellent. awesome that's fantastic so we have to get her in soon oh yeah yeah i'm gonna go from one extreme to the other so someone who's sort of at very current and at the very beginning of doing some great things in the marine environment going right back to rachel carson and there are so many people we can choose from and isn't that fantastic that we're in this this age where it's a it's a plethora of uh of potential women who we can highlight for doing great things rachel carson if you're not familiar with rachel carson um she was a marine biologist author conservationist and she um lived from uh, 1907 to 1964 um naturally author turned <coughs> conservationist in the 1950s so that's when she really made her mark and wrote a, um an extremely important book called silent spring um, her writings credited with advancing the global environmental movement and many of her works address ocean life. Um, she helped raise concern on synthetic pesticides, which was through that book and inspired by the US Environmental Protection Agency. She was a courageous woman who left behind a hell of a legacy. She certainly did that. So, Yeah, and in that time as well. Yes. Mm. Totally different times from now. Context is Head so important. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Hi, this is Wayne Lynch and you're listening to Radio Marinara on 3RRR. Good morning, everybody, on this wonderful International Women's Day. It is 13 minutes past 9 a.m. and you're on 3 R. This is Radio Marinara. And on the phone, we have Emma Webb, who is the five times Australian longboard title holder. She won three Australian stand-up paddleboard titles, competed on the World Longboard Tour, represented Australia in both longboard and stand-up paddleboarding, and world titles as a member of the Australian team. She is also the first female president of the Surf Coast Longboard Club many years ago now. Welcome, Emma. How are you? Good. Thanks, Sam. <laughs> and um, yesterday was a bit of a celebration, wasn't it, with uh, Wild Women on Water, your 10th anniversary of the, of the competition? Yeah, it was a fantastic event yesterday. We had a great turnout. About uh, 70 to 100 ladies hit the lineup, and it's just a celebration of women in the lineup, basically. Fantastic. And uh, I was wondering, what made you want to start an, an all-female uh, surf competition 10 years ago? Well, at that stage where I surfed down here, it's pretty cold in Victoria, there wasn't that many girls and I just really wanted to encourage them to get in the lineup. and I just had my first child and I felt so empowered and thought, look what my body could do, it could have a baby, it could surf, it could... <laughs> I just wanted other women to feel really strong and independent and be able to get out there. 
Yeah, and um, it, it's it's really interesting that you you know we picked up on that because I've, I surf throughout the winter, and I must say, especially in winter, there's not really that many women in the water, is there? No, I'd say there's a lot of fair weather uh, female surfers in Victoria. <laughs> it's so cold. That's not a bad thing. That's just that's just how it is. The water gets very very chilly down here. Yeah, it does definitely. I'm always in my uh, three four mil wetsuit. Otherwise, I just yeah can't do it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so uh, so the competition yesterday, um, you had several different um, divisions that people could participate in. Uh, yeah, we had. So we want to celebrate women across all uh, age groups. And so we had an expression session. We had some ladies that were in their 50s, 60s surfing in that. We had the, the young hot rats surfing in that. The, we had juniors and microgroms. And microgroms are usually like under 14. So we want to... Microgroms. <laughs> That's cute. <Yeah. laughs> and uh, we had the standard open women over 40 and over 50. And the best event of the day is the team's challenge where yesterday we had like a whip cracking team that they all dressed up in cowboy outfits and we had ones that dressed up sort of as 80s uh, Olivia Newton-John type. So they all <laughs> teams and get out there. It's, a, it's, a, it's very funny. Hi, Emma, it's Bron. I was just wondering, um, the participants, are they? Have, did you find them mostly locals or um, did they sort of come from all over the place? They come from all over Victoria. So the aerobics team I talked about, that come down from Melbourne. It is re- the focus is really on fun and coming together. So not so much on the skill level or anything like that. It's just if you haven't been surf- in a surf comp for the first time, we had so many first-timers yesterday, and that, that was the highlight, I think, for me. So first-timers for competing or first-timers actually up on first, a board? First-timers competing right okay (laughs) (laughs) yeah that's fantastic and um am i i mean you've been you've been around the block a few times with uh (laughs) with surfing um you know having quite an amazing career so far um so you're organizing uh these uh, clinics at the moment um and i i participated in one a number of weeks ago which was absolutely fantastic um what do you feel um how do you feel it, it changes the women? Because I, I met a few of the fantastic, uh, your fantastic friends who were participating and they were also all over 40. And what I noticed was really such an, it was such an empowering thing to do to just be in the water together. Um, what's, your, what's your observations on that? I, I think that's what it is. A, a lot of the ladies that I take on, on um, events and trips and things like that, they just... They just need that little push, the foot up the bum to say, you're good enough, you can get out there, you can do it. And in a group of women, if we're all saying that and all supporting each other, God, it gives you a lift and it's so much easier to to do it than to be by yourself standing there with 10 men, you know? Yeah, yeah, totally. Sometimes it can be a little bit, um, not not scary, but like a little bit um, weird peddling into a lineup with like 50 guys. You know, and and like having that confidence uh, is 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 so important. So, what would you what would you say to women of any age who who want to get into surfing? Because I always you know hear a lot of people say like, oh, I know you go surfing. You know, I always wanted to get into it, but I don't really know how to start. So, what what would you say to those people who who really want to get into it? Well, I'd say you have every right to be out there in the water, as much as the people that are really good. Um, Go have a lesson somewhere. There's heaps of places uh, down the coast for, for beginners to have a lesson. 
get aboard, get a wetsuit and get out there. But if you have a lesson first, there's a lot of, like, just little insights that you'll understand about where to sit and, you know, who's right away it is on the wave and things like that. But the most, the most important thing is just to get out there and have a go and never feel that you're not enough or, you know, everyone has the right to get out there and learn a new skill, whether you're 40, 50 or 60. And I think that's what we've got to get across to women. doesn't matter if we're older. We, we still have every right. I can take up... You know, bat and twirling or something. We can still give everything to go. On a board? <laughs> yes, definitely. <laughs> I'd like to see that. Yeah, me too. Emma, I'm just wondering, particularly for... Um, we were going to talk about your career in competitive surfing, but I think we're not going to do it justice because we won't have time, but we'll, we'll get you back on shortly to do that. We'll make sure we do that. I just want to ask, just in terms of people who are wanting to surf and have never surfed before, um, I've only done it once <laughs> and that was only about a year ago um, and that was in New South Wales on the south coast, but um, particularly down your way, down on the um, the Great Ocean um, area, right. yeah, I guess the waves can sometimes be intimidating just to look at them. Is, are they kind of generally good spots where you can start? Where would be a good spot to start? A great beach to start off is like Ocean Grove because it's a straight sandy beach and the waves uh, just sort of break straight into the shore. They always push you back in and there's a lot of white water to catch. So places where there's no rock. So so I'd say Ocean Grove is, is a good place to, to start just because of the nature of the beach. Yeah, I agree. I, I, when I first started surfing in Victoria, that's where I started because there's plenty of space. It's quite a long break. Yeah. And so it's not like you're sitting with 50 people on the one break and just waiting for your go. Everybody can get a go whenever they want, which is really great. Yeah, there's, there's plenty of room and you're not actually, like the, there's a lot of space and you're not actually surfing like Winky or Bells where you will, will um, sort of hinder the really experienced surfers. And if you're not up to that level, it's that can be dangerous but if you stay on the beaches where you can stand up so i'd only go out when i'm when you're first learning you only need to go out you know to your waist or shoulder height yeah yeah that's right well thanks for those tips emma it was really great to catch up with you and uh we'd love to continue this conversation and um talk a little bit more about your uh your career in surfing another time so i hope you will be joining us again soon thanks for having me and happy international women's day yeah same to you <laughs> bye Fantastic. Emma Webb. Five times Australian longboarding champion. Amazing. I can't say that enough. I think that's so awesome. <laughs> I think that's just so awesome. <laughs> what a wonderful, inspirational woman. And we're going to get Emma. We will get her back in and we can talk about those issues around competitive surfing. I'm really keen to do that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah brilliant. Okay. 9.22. You're listening to Radio Marinara here on 3RRR, our special International Women's Day edition. Hi, I'm Valerie Taylor. Sharks don't really worry me. Because, as we all know, they're beautiful animals. Another beautiful thing is Radio Marinara, Sundays at 9am on 3 Triple R. I think we should redo that one without the Jaws theme in the background. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of, uh, yeah, she's, she's contradicting herself a little bit. Sharks are beautiful, but they're going to eat you. <laughs> it is coming up to 9.24. We're bang on 9.24. And, yes, you are listening to Radio Marinara. We're now crossing to the New South Wales South Coast to speak with Jackie Younger, who is part of a group. She's leading a group going up there um, providing support to communities on the Sapphire Coast in this post-bushfire world and doing some wonderful diving up there. Good morning, Jackie. Morning, guys. Morning, Sam. How are you? Yeah, morning, good. <laughs> How are you going? Yeah, we're good. How are you? What's, what's happening? Where are you at the uh, moment? 
We are. I'm actually talking to you from the Sapphire um, Valley Coast uh, Caravan Park, so we're in Marimbula. And I'm absolutely surrounded by green. It is such a surreal feeling. It's so green up here after all the rain they had after the fires. It's just beautiful. And you've gone up there to, um, I guess, as a, as a show of support, this wasn't something that was just sort of off the cuff. Plan- you're planning this one for weeks and yeah. organising for divers to go up there and dive and, and support local communities. Tell us about the trip that you've organised. We've got about 12 people, I think. So it's actually under the Dive Alliance banner. So it's under our sort of dive club. It's a working, not working trip. So we've got everyone up to come up here. There's people staying in cabins. There's people camping. I think there's 14 of us so far. Um, So what we're doing is basically being... We're not using the boats this time because we want to give our money to each of the communities. So we're going to... We were in Marine Villa uh, yesterday. Today we're going to to Tathra. And then we're going to shoot down to Eden as well. So it's just about... We brought nothing with us. We did a big delivery of apples on the way. So we got in touch with a wildlife group and we delivered about, I don't know, a couple of hundred kilos at least of apples. So it's just about going and spending money. Everyone's so grateful that we're here. It's just fabulous. So it's kind of an empty esky trip for you guys, but the dive version. Yeah, and we're usually more like we bring everything with us. But um, this time it was, and we we plan on doing another trip Hopefully this year we're doing no international trips, so it's all about spending our money here. So next time we're going to get up to Bermagui, Brad, and we're really keen. Awesome. Um, getting, some, getting some tips off you, but um, I don't know if anyone's driven up here yet, but it's obviously a very strange drive because they had all that rain after the um, after the fires. The new growth is incredible, so it makes it a little bit easier to see what you see on the way up. It's pretty. It's pretty confronting. And what are you seeing underwater? Are you seeing any effects of the of the bushfire runoff underwater? Well, look, I'm really surprised. Actually, farm, we, you know, they had a big rain event as well a couple of days ago. I was expecting to see pretty, uh, pretty dirty water. I can definitely touch base next time I speak to you guys because we're going to do a few different spots today. But haven't really been seeing anything. Been seeing lots of stingrays, which is pretty exciting. Lots of octopus, but no real. We haven't really seen any of those effects yet. Marimbula, Marimbula is like a little pocket of paradise in the midst of what was going on all around. Um, if you just came to Marimbula, you'd be surprised. But we'll definitely have to report in again because we're going to be looking at that when we go a bit further up the coast and also south just to see if there is if there is that type of runoff. Yeah. My, my folks are up in Bermagui at the moment and um, yep. they reported the same... They don't go diving, but they reported the yep. same thing as you in terms of that drive about how confronting it was for them to drive, particularly through East Gippsland. And Tracy Hutchison, who's just done um, the three hours of Vital Bits, she's just come back from Mallacoota and said the same thing. It's it's really quite confronting. And for people who are driving that way, it's it's a good idea to kind of, I guess, psych yourself up a little bit, just brace yourself for the drive. Yeah. Absolutely. I think that's what I was saying before. I think for us, I mean, there was areas where there was no regrowth at all, where it looked like permanent scarring. But... It, can't, it, 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 dam- it, it made us a little bit more hopeful just because of that regrowth because it's just... And you've got all these burnt trees in the middle of this beautiful green grass. It's quite a strange thing to see. But um, the communities up here are just so happy to have us. And, you know, we're in the caravan park today. And just to give you guys an example, it's a weekend and there's hardly anyone here. So people need to get up here and spend their money. Like, there's just it's just gorgeous. Yeah, that's a really important message. Um, yeah. Okay, well, what we'll do is we'll pause this for now, and then when you're sure. back, Jackie, let's get yeah. you let's get you back on. Um, I'm always keen to get you in studio, but you do live down the Mornington Peninsula, so it's a big <laughs> ask for a Sunday morning. But we'll definitely. 
and you're also we'll do it at some point, definitely. Yeah, and you're also under the water every week too, so you know that that's a good thing. But we'll get, we'll get you back on, and we'll we'll um allocate some more time, and we can talk about this properly and and really um, speak to some of this stuff. Have a have a fantastic trip. Thank Stay you so safe. Much. Um, and enjoy the show. Yeah, happy International Women's Day, Jackie. Same back to you guys. Have a good day. <laughs> Thanks, and uh, good Bye. on you, and good on you to all your crew, and we'll see you soon. Thank you. Thank you so much. But right back at you, sister. See ya. <laughs> okay, see ya. <laughs> Jackie Younger there up on uh, the Sapphire Coast in Marimbilla. Estamos escuchando Radio Marinara en tres triple R. Yes, you are indeed. It is 9.35. You're listening to Radio Marinara. And uh, now to welcome our next guest, who was in last year, Dr Alison O'Brien. She joined us to talk about her role in the upcoming, then upcoming, 2019 Homeward Bound Expedition to Antarctica, along with Einstein and Go-Go's Dr Jen and a group of extraordinary women. As we promised back then, now that she's back, we're delighted to be catching up with Alison about the journey and what came out of it, plus her life as a marine scientist and lecturer in marine and environmental biology and her personal journey as a woman in academia. So it's very warm, but welcome back to Triple R. Dr. Alison O'Brien, welcome back. Thanks very much for having me. I love coming to Radio Marinara. Thanks. (laughs) (laughs) We love having you here. Now, you were heading off to Antarctica and... um, for listeners not familiar with the program, maybe we'll just talk a little bit first about Homeward Bound and why you decided to go. So Homeward Bound is a global leadership program for women in science, for STEM-M. And um, on the, I was um, part of the fourth group of women who went to on the program. It's a year-long program. Um, so a lot of it is online um, throughout the year and then we end in a three-week trip to Antarctica and we did that last year in November, December. And STEM-M is? Science, Technology, Engineering, Maths and Medicine. Wow. So we had a huge diversity of women on the, on the trip. How many women went last year? We were the largest cohort and we were 99, 99. 99 in the end, yeah. And then plus we had 12 faculty and that was the lovely Dr Jen. She was part of the faculty. So there was 112 women. So it was actually the largest um, group of women who went to Antarctica ever. That's absolutely amazing. Of those 112, how many do you think you got to meet? (laughs) (laughs) Do you know what? I got to meet every one of them and they made us. Oh, my goodness. Yes, they made us. Every time we sat down, we had 10 minutes, we introduced ourselves and then we had to rotate through the entire week, speed dating the whole time. That's fantastic. Yeah, it was great. It was a little bit exhausting actually too. (laughs) Yeah, and these are um, the women are from all over the the world, aren't they? Yes, yeah. Um, Yeah, uh, 33 countries were represented and – but – what was quite interesting, actually, when we all started to meet, I realised that many people lived in Australia. Many of the women lived in Australia, mm. which was very interesting mm. because they're very diverse culturally. But we actually met, um, maybe maybe it was about a third of them lived here. And with some of their stories, again, just touching back to the fact that these are all women and they're yeah. all working in science, technology, engineering, maths, medicine fields. Did you find some commonalities? Yes, we did. I think the first thing that comes to mind is that we all have the same challenges. Okay. <laughs> yeah. No matter no matter how, there were some pretty pretty big names there, uh, but um, 
we all we were on the same same boat together, which made us uh, feel confident yeah. in sharing our stories. So, what were some of those challenges? Uh, some of those challenges, um, lack of continuity in our in our careers, and um, so uh, not everyone had kids, but many had kids, and so that that was very common thing. And the challenges in the workplace. Um, um, standing up for what what you believe in and having those those tough conversations, we were all faced with those challenges, and yeah. it was great to be able to talk about how we can um, group together and, and solve those problems. Was it quite cathartic? Like, did you find that there was a bit of a was there a bit of emotion released by kind of understanding all of this? Bron, there was a hundred women on the ship. <laughs> <laughs> There was a lot of emotion. Yeah. And, and <laughs> yes, abs- absolutely. And personally, yes, I definitely felt yeah. that as well. And the full mm-hmm. spectrum of emotion, I'm assuming, yeah. as well, well, I'm gathering just from hearing and just, yeah. yeah. And we had to set ourselves up for that as well because we all knew that that was going to be the case. So yeah. we had to put a lot of expectation about, well, if you get upset, what do you do about it? And this is not a normal situation. It's kind of like equivalent to a reality TV show. It wasn't reality TV show, but... Yeah. Uh, oh, there's another homeward bounder there. Dr. Um, Jen's come in. Dr. Pallavi. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. <laughs> All right. So when you came back, mm-hmm. so you went through this whole journey and what what did what came out of it when you came back? Um, so I I spent a month away from my family, so that was difficult. That was my first my first port of call. And we've created a network that we keep in contact with. Um, and I think that's one of the, the the strong outcomes that that for me personally that I'm going to move forward with. I've got a global network of women now that I can call on. Yeah. And just small things like, um, yeah, uh, yeah, for example, someone says, "Oh, someone asked me to speak. I can't do it. Can you do it?" It's things like that. Okay. That's, that's really been opportunistic, and for me, a clarity about well, where should we take marine science? Where where do we need that research, that information, and the teaching? Perfect. Let's go straight into yeah, that. Okay. Yeah. So, so, where should we? <laughs> um, well, there's two things to my to my work. I love teaching, and I want to educate the next generation of marine scientists as we come through, both men and women. And I want to empower them and give them um, this, the knowledge and skills that they can be able to to do something. Let's protect the marine environment. Do some great research. Um, and management and move this forward. So that's what I want to impart that on knowledge. And in terms of my own research, um, really the focus is on marine pollution for me. Now, you're, you're an ecotoxicologist by background? Yes. What, a, and currently? An ecologist, yes. Yes, yes and I, yes. Uh, yeah, th- that's what I have done a lot of research in and pollution in the marine environment. And um, I'm pollution such as chemicals, such as metals, um, pesticides, huge problem in the marine environment. But what we don't know is what ecological effects these chemicals are having. We know they exist. We even know that they're in Antarctica, in penguins. But what effect do they have then on the population and the ecosystem? Believe it or not, that research is not often done. Mm. It's been – I know when I was at university, it was like a – it was a very much early stage – field of research mm-hmm. there weren't many people working in marine ecotoxicology no not really and it's doing the right research I believe as well and really working very closely with people who manage the marine environment such as the Environmental Protection Agency and giving that information that they need to develop their policies yeah so I think there's a there's a, 
um, a few components to that. And some of the people who I knew, like yourself, also Emma Johnston, mm-hmm. who yep. who is now in Sydney and doing amazing things at, at a very, very senior level, um, sort of touching on the political as well with what she's doing. Yeah, absolutely. That's where she started in ecotoxicology. Yeah. So it, it is an extremely important area mm, to yeah. work in, not just because of you know where it can take you personally, but just in the area itself and what it means. Yeah, and it's interesting to try to... We can do our research, but then it's how to engage them with the community, how to engage with the users of sunscreens, for example, or the plastics, and how do we create that behaviour change. So there was a lot of interesting components to that. Um, and I suppose that being on the trip last year has gave me clarity around that and where I want to yeah. want to pursue those areas. Now, you're also the vice chair, I mentioned this earlier, of mm. the you're the vice chair of the Australian Marine Sciences Association's Victorian branch. How are things travelling with AMSA and are you seeing some great women scientists coming through? Oh, I'm seeing some amazing women scientists come through. Excellent. Absolutely. I think what I'd like to see AMSA moving into now is creating that supportive community for the women scientists, men and women scientists coming through. And that's what we're working on at the moment, Um, creating opportunities which they can share research, which they can develop networks, professional networks that will carry us through as our careers develop. Yeah, great. Two last questions. Mm. Um, And I've got these for our next guest as well, um, Dr Jackie Pocklington. So the first one, uh, what do you hope to see over the years ahead? You sort of touched on this um, in marine science and especially for women. For women in marine science, I'd like to see uh, a supportive community where we can engage our research, if we're research scientists, in grades, information with the community and across different levels of academia um, government um, and and the general public as well. Great. And any advice for future um, young future women? So I'm thinking specifically mm-hmm. of, of girls, but girls that sort of in at that secondary school level as well, um, who want to work in marine science, but are maybe looking at it going, uh, is this going to be the career for me? What, mm-hmm. what sort of advice would you give them? Uh, two things: do maths, and. Don't let anyone tell you that there is no jobs or there. don't let everyone tell you not to do marine science. Yeah. <laughs> Ever. Fantastic. <laughs> Thanks so much for joining us, Alison. It's been great having you back. Pleasure. And, um, and we'll get you in again soon because I do want to um, also talk about what's happening with AMSA but, but yeah. more broadly about your research as well. Thank you for having me. And happy, happy International Women's Day. Yes, you too and all the listeners, happy International Women's Day. <laughs> Fantastic. <laughs> 9.45, you... Hi, this is Tim Whitten. If you want to know what's going on in the ocean, tune in to Radio Marinara on 102.7 3RRR. You know where it is. Yeah, we know where it is. It is... Right here. In the studio. Yes, it is. Hey, hey, a couple of quick shout-outs and then we're going to have a chat to Jackie Pocklington. The first is congratulations to Lincoln who won the double pass to end of. So congratulations. Thanks for calling in, Lincoln. And Fum? Earthgare St Kilda are looking for penguin guides. Um, So Earthgare St Kilda are the community group who look after the penguin colony on the St Kilda breakwater. They do a fantastic job. Um, They're all volunteers and uh, they look after the penguins and make sure that the tourists stay in check. among other things Uh, and they're looking for uh, some volunteers to help them um, with their uh, penguin guiding and also administrative duties so if you are interested and you have some spare time to help protect the penguins go to earthcarestinkilda.org.au and send them an email that you want to get on board fantastic thanks fam now our next guest is a phycologist 
We'll ask her what that means. She goes by the Twitter handle of Dr Snorkel and describing herself as a marine ecologist, seaweed enthusiast with interest in coasts, reefs, citizen science, natural resource management, conservation. Dr Snorkel cut her teeth on PhD research in Melbourne before spending time in England doing postdoc marine research and then returning to Melbourne where she's been working in academia but has now just been appointed the acting marine science parks manager. Marine science manager, I knew I was going to stumble over that, <laughs> at Parks Victoria and uh, to learn more about her personal journey as a marine ecologist. It's great, with great pleasure. We welcome back to Radio Marinara, Dr Snorkel, who also goes by the name of Dr Jackie Pocklington. Good morning, Dr Snorkel. <laughs> good morning. How are you going? Good. How are you? Great to have you with us. On, and happy International Women's Day. Thank you. Happy International Women's Day to you too. Awesome. Now, let's start with uh, your appointment at Parks Victoria. Congratulations. And what does this Thank role, what does the role entail? Um, looking after the marine science in Parks Victoria. So we've got lots of marine parks, marine, marine national parks, marine sanctuaries, and some that sort of have got their own special little things. So looking after the science that goes into managing those and um, science other people might want to do in those spots and looking after them, basically. A huge job. <laughs> it sounds like a huge job, <laughs> for sure. <laughs> We'll, uh, and so you've only just landed in the role, so we're not going to get into too many details and put you on the spot about the sort of science programs that you have going at the moment. Um, but it, it's such a critical role because we have these areas declared as conservation zones and to really understand on what, what is actually happening in those zones and the impacts that they're having, it, it's, it's important, isn't it? Yeah, really important. So if we've got them and they're protected from, from things like fishing, but there's other things that you can't really control especially in the marine environment things coming in and going out so you're checking to see whether they're in good condition or whether there's threats that are affecting them and whether there's things we can do about them it's pretty critical for them to be looked after definitely so offshore impacts obviously um but marine um pests invaders yeah. all sorts of things going on there too yeah lots of things I wanted to talk about you uh in terms of or talk ask you what it was like for you and sort of what led you into where you're now jackie and maybe let's start with sort of your time at school and then to university was was doing marine science something that you always wanted to do it was actually. I was. I was really keen on it. I was really keen on conservation and those sorts of things when I was at school, and um, really into marine marine species and all that sort of stuff at high school. And um, yeah, I sort of ended up just doing a biological sciences degree and thought I'd just do a more of a general general type thing. But I just picked all the marine subjects that were on offer and just kept going back to it. I think even though I kind of tried to be a bit general, and I thought, no, I'll keep keep skills in all sorts of areas but yeah it was it was my passion I kept going back to it <laughs> that's great and then obviously you would have gone on to do an honours thesis in something yeah. there's several different fields that you can go into in marine science what, what did you end up going into and sort of what led you there I went into rocky shore ecology um, it was just a bit of a I don't know that I did it necessarily on purpose. It was more that at the time I looked around and saw what, um, what marine projects might be on offer and chatted to a guy in Adelaide, Professor Peter Fairweather, and um, he had some cool sanding projects. So I ended up applying over there and worked on some canopy-forming seaweeds and rock pool seaweed communities. And, yeah, we spent a bit of time in Adelaide after that as well working as a research assistant on projects like that, but down the southeast coast of South Australia and also did a bit of work... Um, 
in the Murray around the Murray system on some soft sediment stuff. That was my very short um, experience in soft sediment work. <laughs> and then you came back to Rocky Shores. <laughs> yeah, came back to Rocky Shores quite quickly. <laughs> yeah, I would have done the same. Um, yeah. <laughs> so, and then what led you to your PhD? Were you back in Melbourne for that? I was, yeah. So I moved back to Melbourne to work on a project at the museum uh, we're running. So we're looking at all the rocky shores, well, lots and lots of rocky shores across the entire Victorian coast. So I started out working on that um, as a staff member and um, was wondering what to do next and um, ended up doing a PhD as part of that project as well. And what's, what did you specifically focus on in your PhD? I looked at canopy forming seaweed oh, in yes. rocky shores yep. and their ecological role. So I was yep. looking at how they function at different densities and disturbance and all that sort of thing. Now, I've been uh, talking a lot to people, Jackie, who um, have mm-hmm. seen the film 2040 where there is a, 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 a big segment about uh, commercial kelp farming and seaweed farming as mm. a way to sequester carbon from the atmosphere. Do you think something like that would be suitable off the coast of Victoria? Wow. I know, big <laughs> question. <laughs> Plot easy twist. Question, easy question. <laughs> um, I think people are definitely looking into it. I mean, I I did a postdoc in Japan for um, 18 months and there was kelp farming everywhere and they're amazing at it. But it was quite different when you're looking at the beach and every beach you go to sort of got little, um, you know, floats poking out. It's it's not the same as sort of where we look and it's basically just water. So I think there's definitely um, a place for it in terms of, you know, food for the future and all that sort of thing. But, yeah, I'd hate to see it all just turn everywhere, turn into sort of aquaculture facilities. But, yeah, they'd definitely be nice to to see a bit of kelp farming. But particularly I'd love to see some of our um, native species be able to be, um, re- you know, reproduced by us and actually be able to try and restore some of them because we have lost a bit. Yeah, definitely. Um, that's our subject for the next time we have you in because I'm <laughs> conscious we have about two and a half minutes left and I've got a few questions I wanted to ask no you. I'll condense these. But, yeah, we'll talk about this because we've, we've spoken about it um, over the years um, with Alicia Belgrove um, yeah. amongst others as well. And we, you spent some time in England with a postdoc but mm-hmm. then came back here and I know you've been working at Deakin University but now you're at Parks Victoria. What prompted the move from academia to government? Um... I think just a bit of a reflection of what um, what I wanted to do in terms of um, personally as well as professionally. Um, also what, you know, was available when I was looking back, but I've been in academia a long time and it is quite a difficult difficult field to find um, ongoing work in and that sort of thing. It's very competitive and you sort of get stuck in the postdoc thing for a while and there's very few academia jobs, so like lecturing jobs and that sort of thing, so... I've worked in government before and I really enjoyed it, so I was thinking I might go back to that for a while at least and yes. um, see how it goes, and it's been going really well. And the potential to do some really great things in government too. I think when the right people are yeah. in the right roles in government, all sorts of things can happen, which is fantastic. And it was wonderful yeah. when I know there's a lot of people who felt very, very happy when they heard that you were in this role. Um, oh, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> two, two last questions to finish on, and we asked um, our previous guest, um, Dr Alison O'Brien, this as well. What do you hope to see over the years ahead in marine science, and particularly for women? Um, just a bit more people getting into it, I think, and, and caring about it. I think one of the hard things, especially um, you just see a lot of people don't 
care about the marine environment as much, even though we, we obviously do and we, we sort of sit in the bubble of everybody cares about it. But outside of that bubble, I think people just sort of think it's there for stuff to take out of and to, and to not be too worried about. But we've actually, you know, we've lost a lot of um, important things in our marine environment, but we're not looking at them every day so people don't see them as much. So a lot more focus on that and then how to recover them would be really good to see. I think that's almost answered the last question too about advice for future women marine scientists. So girls who are at school out there who want to work in marine science in uh, about 10 seconds. I reckon get started already. Join citizen science, volunteer, figure out which parts you're passionate about because it doesn't have to be that you're a research scientist. There's like a million different aspects to being involved in marine science and conservation. Just find out what you're passionate about and what you're interested in and See where it takes you. Hi, this is Bron Burton. Thanks for listening to the podcast of Triple R's Radio Marinara, a weekly radio show exploring all things wet and salty, broadcast live on Triple R from Melbourne, Australia, every Sunday. Hope you enjoy the podcast and feel free to get in touch with us via Radio Marinara's Facebook page.